0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to Pivot and Thrive. This is your host, Kim Shea. I'm a certified retirement coach. Today is Tuesday, October 11th, 2022, and I'm going to talk to Matt McCann this morning. He's a long term care specialist. I don't know about you, but I have a lot of questions. I really don't know a lot about it. I just know I don't have it. So let's talk to Matt. I'll ask as many questions as I can for you, and let's see if we can understand a little bit better about this product that I know we all really do need, but probably don't know a lot about. So welcome, Matt, to the show.
1: Uh, Kim, great to be here.
0: Thank you. So tell me about your background. How did you get into this?
1: Uh, very interesting. I spent most, well, I, I used to say I spent most of my life doing something else. But uh, an important thing happened. I got older. Uh, I started my quote-unquote career in radio. uh, And I did radio around the country um, until about, well, the time my mom was age 59. And that's when she ended up in a nursing home. And around that time, the radio station I was working for changed ownership. I was looking for a job uh, in radio. All my job offers were outside the Chicago area. Uh, where I was living at the time and now still do. And I saw a an ad in the Chicago Tribune. Remember when you look for jobs in the newspaper, you know, mm-hmm. the thing with yeah. paper? Days, yeah? yeah. Um, and there were a couple of ads about long-term care insurance. I th- uh, thought, well, I know a little bit about nursing homes, so I'll do that temporarily. So I've been doing long-term care insurance temporarily since 1998. Uh, oh, wow. And okay. I am licensed in every state in the District of Columbia. Um, that's all I do. I represent all the major companies. Um, I, I process a lot of, uh, applications, uh, for clients. I've got well over 6,000 living clients from coast to coast. Um, so I, I really have a very strong knowledge base of not only how these products work, but how they're underwritten. And probably just as important, how they actually get used at the time of claim. And that, I think, is what makes me a little bit more unique in that I've been doing this for so many years with so many clients. I I go through the claims process, so uh, I know how these products not just benefit the policyholder, but their families as well.
0: That's awesome, because uh, there's a lot of policies that you can buy, and they sound great, but then what do they do for you? So that's, that's the tricky part. So my understanding from people, I know I knew, I do know some people who have long-term care insurance, and they've had it forever. And they have told me that it has changed since, since that time, that it's hard to get something good. So I think, um, let's start at the beginning, because I, I think I'm jumping ahead here. So tell us what long-term care insurance is.
1: Long-term care insurance is a product uh, that will pay for all levels and types of care. Uh, That we may need at some point either due to an illness, accident, or the impact of aging. Um, When we talk about long-term health care, we're primarily talking about what we refer to as custodial care. Uh, There are certainly people that need ongoing skilled services, the stereotypical being in a nursing home. But that is a minority of what long-term health care really is. So most long-term care is custodial, and that's best defined as, as one of two different things, either help with what we call activities of daily living or ADLs for short. Uh, these are all the things that most of us take for granted today that we had to learn how to do as an infant, eating, bathing, dressing, going to the bathroom, moving from point A to point B, that sort of thing, that at some point, either due to, you know, declining health, uh, mobility issues, dementia, or just frailty because of aging, that we need help and assistance with. Or we require supervision due to a cognitive impairment. And, of course, you know, it's hard to avoid news stories uh, about dementia and Alzheimer's. There seems to be an epidemic of that. There's really not an epidemic. There's an epidemic of people living longer. And that's really the the main force between uh, more people needing uh, supervision because of uh, memory loss. Um, so don't think of, of long term care as being something that you have to be quote unquote sick to receive. You can be completely healthy on paper, but just old. Um, think of it as just, uh, you know, help with the routine daily living activities that we uh, take for granted that we need help at some point. Now, there's certainly skilled services that some of us need. Uh, but most of it is that custodial care. uh, And the problem with custodial care is that is not covered at all by any health insurance, including, of course, Medicare and Medicare supplements that we pick up when we're age 65.
0: Okay. Um, Who can, can anybody qualify for it? Like can you buy it in your forties, fifties, eighties? When, when can you get this?
1: Well, it's your relative good health today that gives you the opportunity to even think about this. Uh, the average age of my clients is about 53, 54 years old. Uh, most of my clients are in their fifties, uh, anywhere from 45 to really 67 is, is where most of my client base is. Although okay. I just got someone approved, actually preferred from a company who is 78, but he was kind of a, an oddball 78 year old, you know really, uh, healthy and everyone in his family tends to live well into their nineties. So he kind of put it off, but it is your health that gives you that opportunity. And every insurance company has their own underwriting criteria and on certain health issues, it can vary dramatically between company and company. Uh, but you certainly can't buy long-term care insurance once you need care. Once you need care, it is too late. So you have to do it when you have relatively good health. And, of course, premiums are lower when you are younger. Uh, The uh, the premiums are factored based primarily on your age and your health at the time of application.
0: Okay, so is there a medical exam that goes along with this or for somebody to be approved?
1: Generally, no. There's obviously health questions on an application, but they're going to get your medical records. So if you haven't had a checkup with lab work in, let's say, the last 18 months, two years, um, most companies aren't going to touch you. Now, some companies, depending on your age, will spread that out a little bit. There's a couple companies that will do a paramed exam, send someone out uh, to -hmm. see you. But generally speaking, they're going to get medical records. And as long as you've been to the doctor for a checkup, uh, which includes your your complete uh, blood workup, uh, that's all they're going to utilize between that and a telephone interview. And that's a fairly detailed interview that a nurse would, would conduct at most ages on the phone. And uh, For those 65 and older, it's going to be in person with most companies, but otherwise it's going to be on the phone. And that's detailed health questions, lifestyle questions. And for those age 60 and over, or others that might have first degree relatives uh, with, with, Uh, cognitive uh history you would also go through a a cognitive exam so they're going to do word recall and word association and simple math um but you know uh, most people in their 40s and 50s aren't going to have to be usually concerned about the memory problems
0: yeah true okay um what does it cost everyone says it's so expensive what is so expensive
1: that's the, the big, uh, big question. How much does long-term care insurance cost? I will answer it a few ways. It's different with every insurance company. Um, and it can vary as much as 100% or more between insurance oh, wow. companies okay. for the hmm. exact same benefit, which is why working with a specialist who works with all the top companies as opposed to one or two is absolutely uh, essential. Uh, premiums are factored by the amount of benefits you have. Obviously you have your age and your health, Uh, but uh, you select a daily or monthly benefit. Most companies use monthly benefits. It's the amount of money the insurance company is going to pay towards your care on a daily or monthly basis. Then you select a pool of money. Think of it as a bank account or you know, money in a checkbook. It's the initial amount of money in the policy on day one prior to inflation. Uh, and then inflation is absolutely essential because cost of care is, of course, going up. And uh, as labor costs go up and now general inflation mm. in the economy, having in, an inflation benefit is absolutely critical. Um, those things factor the, the premium. So the policies are custom designed to say how much it costs is, I don't know. I don't know your age. I don't know your health. Uh, I don't know about the amount of benefits. Uh, that you want but um, there is a on a website that i use for reference ltcnews.com under their uh, faq section they have uh, a general outline based on various ages age 40 45 50 55 uh, to give you an idea of what it would be for basic plans with and without inflation uh, but I will tell you that most people are shocked how affordable long-term care insurance is, and I say they're shocked because if they've talked to someone or read something online, the first thing you hear is, "Oh, the policies are really expensive, and you can't afford it." Mm-hmm. Um, but I have a lot of people that uh, have a very good plan uh, for hundred hundred fifty dollars a month. Obviously, the bigger the oh, benefit. Okay. The bigger the premium, the smaller the benefit, the smaller the premium. The other factor that comes in play and is perhaps the biggest retirement secret in the United States is the partnership program. So, Kim, let me ask you. I'm going to put you on the spot. Are you familiar with the partnership program at all?
0: Well, I may have done a little homework yesterday. So, yes. A little bit. Okay, yesterday, no. But,
1: But, you know, most people... Including financial advisors, and when I do speeches around the country, or or now webinars, since we've gone all virtual, um, have no clue. And most states don't promote it. There are some states that have really done a good job. They've actually taken the money allocated by Congress and promoted the the partnership program. Uh, But what partnership is, if you have a partnership long-term care policy, is provide what we call dollar-for-dollar asset protection or what a state bureaucrat would refer to as asset disregard. So in the event you were to exhaust all the money in your long-term care policy, you'd be able to legally shelter part of your estate based on the total amount of benefits paid out by the policy and still qualify for Medicaid. So in other words, you don't have to be poor to qualify for Medicaid. So what we do as a long-term care specialist is we're going to learn a little bit about the person's health, family history, and their assets, and we can design a plan where we don't over-insure someone. So if you're sitting there with $400,000 in your 401k plus your house, you don't need a huge policy. Yet if you're someone with $1.5 million of assets to protect, you might purchase something else. So that's why you have to be careful when you hear these stories about long-term care insurance being expensive, is because you, you don't know what the frame of reference is. If I'm talking to someone in Boston about long-term care planning, where the cost of care is much higher than it is in, uh, let's say, St. Joseph, Missouri, for example, uh, the person in St. Joe, Missouri, where the cost of care is much less, is going to buy a whole, totally different plan than someone living in Boston or, or Seattle or Sacramento. God forbid, Alaska or Hawaii, where the cost of care is Mm -hmm. extremely high. Um, The other thing that comes into cost is the policy design itself. How much monthly benefit or daily benefit are you going to have? What's the size of the initial pool of money? Most financial advisors and general insurance agents, they look at the cost of care for a nursing home. They say, oh, nursing home is $7,500 a month. We need $7,500 a month. No, most long-term health care is not delivered in nursing homes. Most, home care, most long-term care is in home. Uh, home care is a lot less. It's an adult daycare, not expensive. Uh, well, comparably speaking, uh, assisted living, much less expensive than a nursing home. So I don't design a plan for the least likely scenario. Mm, okay. I design a plan for the most likely scenario. So most carries delivered at home. Home care is less. Uh there's uh several uh cost of care calculators. Again, I use the one on LTCnews.com. It breaks it down based on uh all the DMAs in each state. So you can find the DMA that you live in in whatever state uh that you happen to reside, or you think you may retire to. So that's a question that we ask. Okay, you might be living. Uh, in Los Angeles, California, but are you going to retire there? Or are you going to move to Austin? It's like everyone from California is moving to Texas, okay? (laughs) Uh, Like everyone in Chicago is moving to Arizona or whatever the situation may be. So if you know you're going to move somewhere, okay, often you're going to move to a place that costs less, usually, unless there's a family situation going on. We design a plan that matches what, what your goals are, what what you're going to be doing. Um, so you don't over and buy more insurance than you actually need.
0: That's good to hear. Yeah. Okay. That's good to hear. So um, are there tax advantages to this? Is there any kind of incentive that somebody would want to do this other than just knowing that, yeah, down the line, If they need it, if they live long enough, they'll get help. Is there anything that can help them now?
1: Uh, yeah, there, there is on the tax front. There are several things. I'm going to start with the negative first. Uh, the state of Washington, uh, has passed what we call the LTC tax. They don't call it the LTC tax. They call it the Washington cares program. And they call it Washington cares because if they called it what it is, people would be up in arms. Um, So what they're doing starting in July of 2023 is they're going to be taxing uh, 100% of earned income for anyone that does not own a qualified long-term care policy. Um, Now, they they call it Washington Care is because they're going to give you $36,500 of long-term care benefit and say, there you go. What they're really doing is they're securing money for the Medicaid program. There are so many people that need long-term health care that have not planned, Uh, and it's putting tremendous pressure on the Medicaid program. Medicaid is the medical welfare program. It was never designed for long-term health care. However, it's become the primary payer of long-term health care in the United States. Now, it's a joint federal-state program. Uh, The states administer it under federal regulation. Um, They get some federal funds, but it's a lot of state funds that are going into Medicaid and they're running out of money. So what Washington did is instead of putting the carrot out, they're putting the, the hammer down, um, and uh, that tax goes into effect. So if you did not get a long-term care policy prior uh, to the deadline, you're going to have that tax. California and New York are about to send bills to their governors with uh, almost duplicate legislation, and so they will be the next states with the LTC tax. Um, Illinois, Michigan, Minnesota, and, and several other states are also uh, in play uh, probably sometime after the uh, November uh, elections where there's a number of governors up for re-election. Certainly you don't want to be uh, proposing a tax just before re-election. Um, so having a policy gets you out of that tax. That's certainly not the the best reason to plan for the physical, emotional, and financial burdens of long-term health care, but it's nice to get out of a tax. So you asked about tax incentives. There are tax incentives, primarily on the federal side. There are some states that have uh, state tax incentives in place. You can deduct premiums one of several ways. If you itemize and have enough medical-related deductions, obviously most people don't, um, or you have some kind of self-employment income, whether you're Sole proprietor, uh, LLC, S Corp, uh, C Corp, etc. C Corps can deduct 100% of the premium end of story, period. And you can legally discriminate with long term care insurance. So, unlike other uh, company benefits, with long term care insurance, you can just say, I own the company, I'm buying a policy for me and my spouse. I don't have to offer it to anyone else. I don't have to tell anyone else that I have it. And the premiums are tax deductible and the benefits remain tax free. So that's dual tax advantage. Uh, now, there are some companies that say, well, you know what, Kim, I really like you. You're one of my key employees. I'm going to pay for your policy as well. So I can do that and deduct the premium. It would be tax free to you. You can also reimburse your, uh, your the cost of your premiums through a health savings account. So if you have an HSA, uh, you can use the pre-tax money in the health savings account to reimburse yourself the cost of the premium. The IRS every year uh, publishes a chart. Uh, it's uh, on various websites, including the IRS uh, website. It's also on that LTC News website. It's all over the place. Uh, they will be announcing the 2023 deductions literally any day now um and it's broken down in age groups so if you if you're not uh, a c-corp you can deduct up to that amount which for most people it's their entire premium Uh, the number gets bigger as you get older so if you buy it at, at 53 and you're lucky enough to deduct it um, even if it's not hundred percent of the uh, premium by the time you're over 60, it, it will be because those numbers uh, jump quite a bit. Uh, that is the same chart that they use for the health savings accounts and what you can legally reimburse yourself. Um, so there, there are tax incentives in place. Uh, probably I think though, the biggest is that the proceeds are tax free. So, There is no tax event in receiving benefits. If you self-fund long-term care, you're probably going to use money out of a 401k or some other investment account. And as you do that, obviously there's a, uh, there's a number of problems with that. First, you can't time when you need care and you can't time the economy. So if you need care, just as the market drops, like it did in 08, and it's been rollercoastering, as you know, um, uh, in the last couple of years, uh, you're going to yes. be pulling money out perhaps at a loss. But you know what? That quote unquote loss still may be a taxable gain. So you have a double whammy, but there's a triple whammy. Um, if you're over 65, your Medicare premiums are based in part by the amount of income you have in com- coming in. So if you're pulling money out of assets, you artific- artificially are increasing your your income for that year and your Medicare premiums will go up. So having some kind of plan for long-term care, even if it's a relatively small plan is not only going to be a a way to safeguard income and assets, but it'll also give you access to quality care. And perhaps the biggest part that a lot of financial advisors uh, don't talk about is the, Consequences on family. It is yes. adult children yeah. that usually get caught holding the bag, either becoming right. a caregiver and having, that you know, you've heard of the sandwich generation, uh, usually mm-hmm. a daughter or daughter-in-law that is juggling their their career, uh, their role as a mom, their role as a spouse with that of being a caregiver for mom or dad, Mm -hmm. it's tremendously demanding physically and emotionally. Yeah. Um, And even if you're just managing the care, okay, there's plenty of money. You don't have insurance. Let's say mom and dad has a lot of money. Someone's got to manage that, that situation. They have to find the caregivers, uh, get them on schedule um, decide which accounts they're going to liquidate, uh, dealing with all that at the same time of dealing with the emotions. So long-term care is two problems. It is a cash flow problem. We want to address the cash flow problem. It's also a family problem. Um, so we design plans to deal both with the cash flow problem and the family problem. So your family has time to be family.
0: That's really nice. That yeah, I think a lot of people don't consider that as part of why they need the long term care. They're just a lot of times I think thinking about the money. Um, but um, I know a lot of people say, "Well, I'm just I'm just going to have a heart attack one day and just drop out." I mean, but I think I, you may be more familiar with the statistics than I am. But most people don't just suddenly die. Like the majority of people have something that takes a little bit longer to step out, and so it. You will have expenses, you will have needs, more more likely than that you will just have a heart attack in your sleep and die one night. It's I know it's everyone's dream is just to go out like that or die in their sleep, but I, I, my understanding of those numbers are pretty small.
1: Yeah, you know that is the goal. You want to live a nice long life, die in your sleep with a smile on your face, never needing a day of care, or never being a burden on your family. That is everyone's goal. The reality is because of the advances in medical science, we get to live a long time. Great. We get to live a long time. The problem with living a long time is we're going to have some kind of declining health. It happens. It's part of being human. We're going to have mobility problems. Uh, we may have dementia. We may just have frailty from aging. And we're going to need help with activities of daily living or if you have dementia, supervision. Um and, and people think, well, gee, I, I, you know, mom and dad, they did everything, but you know, oh, they fell here and there and we had to help them into the shower. And all of a sudden they're describing what long-term care is. They were being a caregiver. People either need physical hands-on assistance or what we refer to as standby assistance. Standby assistance means you can still do things on your own, but your doctor says you really need someone there to stand by just in case. You know, we, 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 hear a lot about especially older people with falls falls are one of the leading reasons people go to the emergency room uh it's one of the leading reasons uh elderly uh need long-term care or die um and falls become frequent as we get older Uh, there's a lot of other reasons uh for that too i mean a lot of older people clutter their their homes and they, they you know and and if family's not living close by, they're not making sure that uh, there's not clutter on the phone. I mean, and you probably have seen this, and maybe you're guilty of yourself that I can find throw rugs in my house. Uh, mm-hmm. Throw rugs, get rid of them, especially if you're over 50 years old. Biggest reason people fall, and man, if you're 70, 80-plus years old, get rid of those throw rugs. I don't know why People have them. They are the most dangerous things, especially when you are older, that you can have. And it's these little things that people don't think about. And they think about, oh, long term care being in a nursing home. Uh, I know I've said this over and over, but I'll say it again. Long term care and nursing homes, that's just a minority of what that is. You know, no one wants to be in a nursing home. There are people that, with more catastrophic cognitive issues or physical issues that, that need that more clinical setting. But most long-term right, yes. care is just that help with the everyday living activities. A lot of it can be done at home or assisted living. Um, and you can still have a fairly good quality of life, even in a long-term care situation. Go back to my mom. So my mom ended up in a nursing home. She stayed there. And by the way, she was not the youngest person in the nursing home at the time, even though she was 59. Um, A couple of years into it, she had the surgery that allowed her to go home. But she needed care at home. Uh, Eventually, that uh, became too difficult, and she uh, needed to go into assisted living. She didn't want to go. We literally had to force that on her. It took three days. Uh, and then she loved it. Okay, she was the queen of trivia. She had her set of friends. She loved the—I call it a restaurant because it was a restaurant. I had a menu and it was a dining room. Uh, but yeah. she she loved that the variety of the food. It was really nice, and she had a really good quality of life. Actually, better than when she was really straining to be at at home with family caregivers. Um, So there's a variety of ways to receive long-term care and the proper care with the right care plan can help maintain a quality of life. uh, I've heard over the years, you know, especially men, but I'm sure women are thinking this too is like, well, if I got that bad, that bad, you know what I'm going to do? And, you know, they, they take the fake gun to their head and it's like, Mm -hmm. well, If you need care, you're not going to do that yourself. You won't be able to. So what, do you expect your son or daughter to blow you away? They're not going to do that. Nor will you really want them to do that. I mean, that's not realistic. That's what
0: people say. Um, Kill me, just kill
1: me. I I, I think planning, well, there's certainly a financial aspect to it. But I go back to long-term care deals with both family and finances. It's the entire package. And uh, when you have a plan in place, uh, you know, I mean, everyone talks about peace of mind, but I think it's true. There's a level of peace of mind knowing that there's a plan in place. Everyone will know that there's a plan in place and it'll make a whole a lot of people uh, a lot easier when it happens and you know what if it doesn't isn't that what you wanted in the first place if you really did you know make it to 85 dying your sleep with a smile on your face are you going to complain i don't know about you i won't complain no
0: no 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 um how many people have it do you know do you have any statistics on that
1: like, um, America? off the top of my head, I, 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 can research that that's in various places on the, on the internet. I will tell you, uh, in 2021, the top 10 insurance uh, companies paid 12.3 billion in benefits in that year alone. Oh,
0: okay. okay. That's interesting. So,
1: um, but not everyone needs long-term care insurance. And I think that's also an important distinction. Uh, if you don't okay. have a lot of assets, why would you want to add another bill? Okay, This is not a product for people with extremely modest income and assets. At that point, roll the dice. You have Medicaid that's available um, unless your family is going to buy it for you. And I do have situations where the... Kids that get together and buy mom or dad a long-term care policy, even they don't have a lot of money themselves, because they're concerned about quality care. They want to uh, be sure that mom or dad has that access to quality care. But outside of that situation, um, if you don't have, you know, uh, enough assets to pay the premium, then it's not a bill. Even if you could afford "quote unquote" the premium it's probably not in your best interest to do that. So a, a qualified long-term care specialist, one of the things they're going to do is they're going to ask you detailed questions about your finances. Um, there are often I tell people, you know what? My recommendation is that you don't buy it, uh, which is interesting mm. because they seem to want to want yeah. it more when you tell them you, you don't need it. <laughs> I'll bet. Um, you know, yeah. but Psychology. It, it's just not appropriate. You know, if, if mm. you're, Only income is going to be social security. You don't own a home um, and you've got like less than $50,000 of savings. Why would you want to spend additional money on insurance? Well, no one wants to buy insurance anyhow, but certainly in that situation, it's not like it's a brand new car. You get to show it to your, your, your friends and family. It's a piece of paper. Okay? right Now there's a lot of right. you know, that goes behind that piece of paper, but it's not something that's fun to buy, so you shouldn't buy it. Uh, but for those of us that you know have, have saved some money, put money in a 401k in IRA, um, and we have something to lose and we have family that we love or somewhat love, um, then it becomes appropriate. Um, but it's that policy design that's important. And if your insurance agent or financial planner isn't asking a lot of questions, I tell them to run and run far away. And okay, it is unbelievable how many times I talked to someone and they, they said, Oh, I've talked to three or four people. I've got all these quotes and I start, Oh, so they uh, went over this, 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 and they, you know, they're like, no, so I start going through all the questions. Well, they didn't ask me this. I start going through the health question. They didn't ask me this. Did they tell you about the partnership program? No, they didn't. They didn't tell me that. Mm, okay. Um, so, you know, anyone can give you a quote, but people want accurate quotes and professional recommendations. And it's like, if you went to a doctor, walked in, and before you got to say what is wrong with you, the doctor says, "You know what? I'm running you these three scripts, and surgery will be tomorrow morning. What would you do? Well I don't know oh, I yeah. would run very quickly, okay, <laughs> they' want to do surgery, and they haven't even asked me why I'm there, okay, I might just have a you know an ingrown uh toenail, you know I mean uh you have to ask a lot of questions as a As a long-term care insurance specialist, you know, and, and, and every industry, whatever it is, there's probably a level of, uh, you know, fact finding, but it's extremely important in long-term care planning because a, it's not appropriate for everyone. B it's not available to everyone because of health and every insurance company has their own criteria pricing and, and, uh, everything else. And if you live in California and you're going to move to Alabama, the cost of care is a lot less there than in you're not you're not gonna want to you know, overbuy if you're gonna be moving to Birmingham, Alabama, where the cost or right. you know, makes uh, sense. New Orleans, you know, or wherever where the cost of care is less. These are important considerations, and there's not a lot of specialists out there, uh, but you can find them. There's others other than me, believe it or not. Uh not mm-hmm. many, but there are um who can give you professional recommendations uh and so you can have the peace of mind knowing that uh, what you're getting is appropriate for you
0: okay that's very good to hear that's very good i've never heard anyone say that there are people who should not have it so that's that's very eye-opening and it makes sense what you're saying of course um i believe i read that there's an option for married couples that's different than single people is that correct
1: uh, yeah, most companies have uh, shared spousal benefits, um, and they some companies work uh, a, a little bit different. But uh, what it does is one of two things. Generally, uh, some companies offer a third pool of money. So, uh, spouse A has their benefits, spouse B has their benefit, and then there's this third pool that either one. Could access if they exhaust their benefit. Uh, probably the most common is where the two policies are connected. So, if one spouse were to exhaust their benefits, they can use money from the other spouse's policy. But the exact opposite is true. If one were to predecease, uh, the premium disappears 100%, but 100% of the unused, excuse me, inflated benefit goes to the survivor. That usually oh. benefits the There's- woman. Because mm-hmm. generally, us guys tend to, you know, get sick first and and uh, leave the world first. Not all the time, but yeah. generally speaking, that's the case. Mm-hmm. Most of my couples do get shared spousal benefits, and you don't have to be legally married to get spousal discounts and spousal uh, shared spousal benefits. Uh, you either have to be in, you have to be living together sharing expenses, usually for at least a two-year period of of time.
0: That's good to hear because a lot of people are together, but they don't marry for financial reasons as they get older and they're second or third Right, so they lost a spouse or they
1: were in a divorce, and then they have a significant other, and they decided not to get married. But from from the long-term care insurance world, they will consider themselves a couple for both discount Mm -hmm. purposes and for shared spousal benefits.
0: That is nice. That's good to hear. So how much benefit do I need? I mean, is there a way that I can calculate that out? Because you keep talking about what, you know, I don't want you to oversell. I don't want you to overbuy a policy to to buy more than you need. So how do I know that? How do you know that?
1: I think the first thing to find out is what is the approximate cost of long-term health care where you live or where you intend to live? Um, again, I use the cost of care calculator on LTCNews.com. Uh, it seems to be the most accurate and has less swings than some of the other uh, ones that are out there. And so, once you determine that, and and you look at what the cost of home care is, what the cost of assisted living happens to be, uh, and generally, my philosophy is that between you know, part of your Social Security check, once you get Social Security, or your pension, if you're lucky enough to have a defined pension, and your long-term care insurance should take care of most of your long-term care costs without affecting lifestyle, especially of the other spouse, uh, or having to drain uh, savings and investments. So if you find the cost of care, let's say, is $4,000 a month. okay, You don't need a policy that pays $4,000 a month. You can, and there are people that say, no, that's what I want. Okay, that's fine. That's a personal decision. Um, So you might say, well, gee, I only really need $34.50 a month plus inflation. Um, Now, partnership, the partnership rules require, at most ages, some type of inflation. Uh, Since most people buy long-term care insurance uh, in their 50s, generally we're going to have to do at least 3% compound inflation, some states mandate that. Others just say some level of compound inflation. Um, you know, ideally, where the cost of care is going, which is primarily labor costs. We know labor costs go up on a regular basis, but they don't all go up dramatically. Too bad for us people that are working. Mm-hmm. But from a planning standpoint, that's good. So if you have your benefits, not your premium, but your benefits going up 3% compounded. In most situations, that is more than plenty. And the goal here is to take a catastrophic situation and make it manageable. Okay, okay. Uh, You want to have enough benefit that gives you access to quality care without placing that stress or burden uh, on your spouse or the rest of the family, either physically, emotionally, or financially. As far as the initial pool of money, um, now, if you have you know over 1.5 million dollars uh, of assets uh, the partnership becomes a little bit less important um and then and and if you're super wealthy and for the purpose of our conversation meaning you have you know over you know three, four, five million 5 million dollars of assets um uh, some of those people what what they're concerned about is You know they're 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 wealthy on paper, but a lot of their money is tied up, tied up in businesses, in investments, and all that. Uh, They may have enough income coming in, so they may want an unlimited benefit. What are they concerned about? A Ronald Reagan type of scenario, something that could catastrophically impact them, although statistically small risk. But if it happened. Are they concerned about a higher premium? No, but for most of us earthlings here that aren't in the uh, you know uh, you know that don't own Amazon, for example, um, we are more concerned about uh, you know protecting our savings, you know having something left over for our children and grandchildren at some point. Uh, so if we've got five, six, seven, a million dollars of assets. Uh, We know that the benefits are going up. So if you're a couple, maybe you have, you start with $200,000 each. That's $400,000 growing 3% compounded. You know, that's probably more than plenty for a vast majority of situations. And of course, if you have partnership and if you happen to go through all that, you still have that extra dollar for dollar asset protection. Um, But, you know, the big thing is, is you, you don't, need to over-insure now can you under-insure well yeah it's easy to under-insure but uh, is there any kind of benefit well if if you buy a small policy let's say it's only two thousand dollars a month is two thousand dollars going to give you a lot of home care and reduce some of that stress on on your family sure is it a complete solution for long-term care no so Everyone has a different budget. Everyone has different concerns. Everyone's going to fund their future retirement in a different way. But my general philosophy is let's take a look at what kind of income you're going to have when you retire. Between part of that and your insurance plus inflation, you should be in good position.
0: Okay, that's helpful. That's helpful. And when you keep talking about where you're going to retire, I mean, I I could see where it'd be easy to overinsure, for example, somebody like me. I live in Southern California. My goal is to live in Southern California, but that doesn't mean that when the time comes, I'll be able to stay in Southern California. So if I were to buy a policy right now, it would be with the goal of being able to stay here in Southern California where it's expensive. But then it may be that my children at some point say, No, we've got to get you out to Arizona where one of the sons lives because. Is cheaper out there, so yeah. Can see and and where, if the cost of care is less,
1: much. all that means is if you don't use the maximum you're entitled to each and every month, you don't lose it. Oh, it stays all in right. that benefit account and continues to grow with inflation. It's just going to last a lot longer. Uh, you know, but if you live in Louisiana and all your kids live in New York. Then you need to be thinking about the much higher costs.
0: I see. All right. And
1: that's where sometimes a problem can be. You might be living in a, in a low cost state, but all your children move to San Francisco, for example. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're going to move to San Francisco, uh, <laughs> you got to be well prepared for those higher costs. Yeah. Uh, but usually the people in the expensive states are looking to maybe relocate to the, the less expensive states um, uh, as opposed to the other way around. But that's yeah, why sure I asked the natural. question and, okay. and people tell me where their kids live. And then we kind of talk it out.
0: I see. Oh, it's, it's amazing how thorough you are. It really is nice to feel like if we're talking to you, you're going to really try and get as much information as you can to help advise us as well as possible. So that's good to hear. Um, so can you, can you have, have policies together like a, uh, like a hybrid or a bundle or something where you've got long-term care and life insurance. And can you do something like that?
1: Yeah. What you're describing is the asset based or what the industry calls hybrid policies. Uh, These are either qualified uh, life insurance or annuities with a qualified writer for long-term care. I use the term qualified uh, because long-term care insurance is regulated jointly by the feds and the states. Under federal law, it's under Section 7702B of U.S. Code. So that means you have consumer protections, regulated benefit triggers, and uh, the tax advantages. There are life insurance policies out there with chronic illness riders that are legally not long-term care. They can't be discussed as long-term care, and they are almost worthless. I wouldn't say completely worthless, but they, they make it difficult. In some cases, you have to be terminal to receive the long-term care benefit. Well, most long-term care situations are not terminal or they're just advan- uh, advancing the death benefit. You know, your death benefit may be $50,000. Well, that's not going to do a whole lot for long-term care. So you want to make sure that any quote unquote hybrid policy meets federal guidelines under section 7702B of U.S. Code. Um what hybrid policies do is uh they combine that life insurance or annuity with a rider for long-term care. Uh so you have both the death benefit and the long-term care benefit. They are expensive, however, because you are dealing with two risks. One of which is 100% going to happen. I hate to tell you, but there's a 100% chance of someone dying. Not sure, you're aware of that, but what? unfortunately, that is true. And there's a big chance you may need long term care. Mm-hmm. These products are typically paid with a single premium. So you're writing a big check uh, 75 $85, $100,000, $150,000 for these types of policies. Wow. Um, so it is absolutely uh, limited as to the number of people that this would really even be in the market for. People like them because they get concentrated and they're focusing on the death benefit, usually because they're in denial about long-term care. Uh, so one spouse says, this is not going to happen to me. The other spouse is more realistic. The compromise, well, at least they're going to get the death benefit. So if you've got the money, okay, you're going to get the money back one way or the other. But it's an expensive proposition, and it's usually probably not the best use of your money in most situations. Now, some of those products have reduced underwriting, uh, particularly the uh, annuity slash long-term care uh, policies. Um, so we do use them in an underwriting situation uh, where you might not easily qualify for traditional long-term care insurance, but you can with this type of product. As long as you have the money to fund the policy, then it might make sense. Um Uh, But they are not partnership certified. There is no dollar-for-dollar asset protection. You're just getting the death benefit from the the life insurance or or the long-term care benefit uh, or a combination of of both. Certainly, it's worth discussing. My general rule of thumb is that if you don't have at least a million dollars of assets, then that type of product is probably not appropriate. Okay, but you know uh, it, 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 they 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 exist. I do have clients that that like them. There are situations where it's appropriate. The other t- way it's appropriate is what we call a ten thirty five cash uh, tax free uh, exchange. So let's say you have a life insurance policy, maybe even bought it in college. It's all life. It's been growing in value. You now have a lot of cash value in this life insurance policy that you really don't need or an annuity that you bought years ago, and you're not going to need it. Uh, It's grown in value. You can actually exchange that. So you're not writing a check for a hybrid policy, either uh, life long-term care or annuity long-term care. Uh, So if you have such a policy, when you talk to a specialist, say, Hey, I got this life insurance policy. or I got this old annuity. It's worth 100." dollars $50,000 $50,000 or whatever. Uh, obviously, if you annuitize it, there's all sorts of tax complications. You can move it into uh, the long-term care and, and take care of it that way.
0: Wow. You are a wealth of information, sir. I'm so glad that you came on the podcast today. I learned so much about long-term care and why I need it. And uh, and it's just it's reassuring to know that you take the time to really understand everybody's needs before just popping off a policy. So that's great to hear. Um, how can people get in touch with you? Um, we've, got, we've got a um a website here that you gave me, radio ltc.com. That's the best place to right. reach you. Yeah. Okay.
1: So, so radio ltc.com, that will forward you directly to to my website. Um, and there's contact information on there. You can send me uh, you know a, a quote request through that. Um, phone number is all on there. There's other, some other research uh, websites, the federal government, uh, longtermcare.gov, uh, dot gov, longtermcare.gov has a lot of information, general information on long term care planning. Uh, the American Association for Long Term Care Insurance, uh, AALTCI.org, has a lot of information. Uh, then I've mentioned LTCnews.com that has a yeah. lot of resources and tools and news stories on there. Um, but uh, the key is to speak with someone like myself who's a specialist, who works for top companies. Uh and you know, in my case, I am licensed in every state and the District of Columbia. Um and uh I meet with clients uh through screen sharing and uh, on the telephone, and there's, you know, other people just like me. Uh most likely the the local insurance agent or financial advisor near you. Is probably not qualified uh, to help you with long-term care. They may be able to sell it, mm-hmm. but you know this is a a product you really need a specialist to to help you out with.
0: Okay, yeah, and you're just you're very knowledgeable, and everything just flows out of you whenever I'm talking to you. So that's very reassuring. But thank you for helping us understand what this is and how to get the help we need so that we don't come out unprepared or overinsured that was really very not very helpful so thank you for your time today and uh, for those of you have been listening this has been with matt mccann he's a long-term care specialist and he has a lot of information he can help you no matter where you live whatever state you're in so uh i just want to thank you for your time today it's been really very interesting and educational thank you
1: thank you kim great to be here
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Pivot and Thrive. I hope you learned something and I hope you enjoyed listening to my guest. If you know somebody who you think would make a great guest on the show, would you please contact me? You can go to my website at retirementpurposecoach.com and go down to the contact me section and let me know who I should be talking to. Also, if you are in need of a retirement coach yourself, you'd like some help figuring out what your path is or where you're supposed to be going every day with your life. You can contact me there and set up a free 15 to 20 minute consultation. I'd love to talk to you. Have a great day.